This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Young! I only play the slots because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone, caught for the touchdown, James Jones. John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. This is a bonus episode of Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm Fallon Smith, my guy James Jones. He's currently traveling. He was in Green Bay today covering the Packers-Broncos game. The Packers won that game. I wish I could say the same thing about the Raiders, but I can't. So I'm not sure what was more painful for me, watching the Vikings dominate the Raiders or slicing my finger with a serrated knife. (laughs) think it's pretty close, about even, to be honest. Uh, and yeah, I'm not joking. Last night, I sliced my finger. I'm an idiot. I'm not even going to tell you how I did it because it was really, really stupid and kind of embarrassing. Uh, but I got myself pretty good, pretty darn good. It was still bleeding this morning, so I had to go to urgent care. But I did get home just in time for kickoff. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. <laughs> Some would argue it was a bad thing. Um, anyways, my finger it was throbbing the entire game. But honestly, I think having to sit through that game, <laughs> that was much more brutal. Okay. Uh, with that said, hello, Raider Nation. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. No pun intended. Uh, Vikings, they beat the Raiders 34 to 14. This was game one of five straight games away from home for the Raiders. So it's going to be a long little stretch right here, right? Um, It's no secret. You know, I've been a Raiders fan my entire life. I've had to remain objective throughout my career, throughout my broadcasting career. Luckily, This is my dang podcast, and it's called Keeping It 300, so I get to say what I want to say, I get to say what I feel, get to say what I think. So I can't really sugarcoat anything. Um, What I really want to do is probably blow your guys' ears out by screaming, because that's how I felt after the game, just wanted to scream, Um, because it's like, we've seen this movie before, you know what I mean? I've seen that exact game, exactly how it played out today, Sunday, September 22nd, I've seen that before in what, 2018, 2017, 20, now I'm not going to say 2016, 2015, 14, 13. Do we have to keep going back? (sighs) We've seen that movie before. And of course, now that I'm getting upset and aggravated, can you hear that uh, buzzing noise in the back? I'm doing this podcast uh, near a wall and outside of the wall or on the other side of the wall. There's something, I don't know if it's a generator, I have no idea. Anyways, it's just making a buzzing sound, so it'll go in and out throughout this podcast, I apologize. 
Anyways, where was I? So yeah, we always ask ourselves, you know, when is it going to turn around? Like, when is it really going to turn around? And let me not be dramatic because this clearly is just week three, you know? Um, But last week I said, okay, the 2019 Raiders are somewhere in between their win over the Broncos and their loss to the Chiefs. Now I'm thinking after today, they're closer to what we saw against the Chiefs. And look, this league changes from week to week. If the Raiders win next week against the Colts, we'll probably be singing a different tune. Uh, So Raider Nation, I don't want you to get too worked up because you know how it is and you know how things can change. But because it is a week-to-week league, we have to react to the games on a week-to-week basis, right? And this week in Minnesota, the Raiders were never in the game. Never in the game. Minnesota took a 21-0 lead and they never looked back, right? Early on, the Raiders shot themselves in the foot on both sides of the ball. You know, defensive penalties, it killed the Raiders. It led to a couple touchdowns, you know? Um, And I will say there were some questionable calls, okay, before you guys get all up on me saying, oh, those are BS calls, refs suck. I get it. But overall, you know, the majority of the flags, they were legit. So clearly, lack of discipline on the defensive side of the ball, that's a given, right? The secondary got torched. Lord, when the Raiders lost Jonathan Abram for the season, we knew it was going to hurt this defense, right? We knew it would be a huge blow. But last week, you know, James and I said, well, you know, they're facing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, so let's just give them a break. So we give them a pass, right? But after today, after this game against the Vikings, I'm like, send help, y'all. SOS. Okay? The secondary needs help. The safeties need help. Seriously. Curtis Riley, I don't even know you, and so I don't like to talk about people I don't know. It really does pay me to talk about people because I'm a very positive person, um, so I don't want to talk bad about anybody except for if they're AB because he played me and he played all of us. Oh, he also blocked me. Did y'all see he blocked me? I didn't even say nothing to him. He must be sensitive Sally, but anyway, I don't really like talking about people, okay? However, I have to keep it real. You know what I'm saying? Keep it 300. And Curtis Riley, he's a liability. Get that guy off the field. Why was he even in there? Seriously. I mean, I know we're low on bodies and don't have much depth. But man, they're going to have to figure something out. Because that clearly ain't working. Speaking of which, Mike Mayock, get the Jaguars on the phone now. Get Jalen Ramsey in the building. Get him to Oakland. Now, he's not going to solve all the Raiders' problems on defense, okay, because there's a plethora of them, but he'll certainly help. He'll bolster that secondary. He'll make the other guys around him better. So, I don't know. He's worth it. Now, worth two first-rounders like they're asking, now I think the Jaguars are smoking a little crack. But like I said last week, I would actually give up a first-rounder, two other draft picks, Not two first-rounders, but a first-rounder, two other draft picks, and even package a player. Seems like a lot, but um, it's better than giving up two first-round draft picks, in my opinion. So what you can do is, okay, so first-rounder in the 2020 draft and a mid-rounder in a 2020 draft, right? Then you give up maybe a third-rounder in 2021, and you package a player. Now, I don't want to say which player because then they're going to think I want them to be traded, so I just am not going to go there. But there are a couple DBs that could make the Jacksonville Jaguars happy. 
But anyways, so again, you have secondary issues. And then, you know, we thought, oh, the, the Raiders' run defense much improved, you know, from last year. And it still may be, okay, you're facing Dalvin Cook. But they didn't have an answer at all for Dalvin Cook, okay? They couldn't even slow him down at all if they tried. Oh, and they tried, actually. <laughs> Missed a lot of dang tackles. Uh, in all fairness, there's a reason why he's the leading rusher right now. You know, he's a special player. But the fact is, Cook and company, they just carved up the Raiders' defense. He rushed for over 100 yards himself, along with a few catches that he had for, I think, 30-plus yards, something like that. Uh, He got loose for big runs a handful of times. The Raiders, tackling issues, couldn't wrap them up. And as a team, the Vikings had over 200 yards rushing, you know. Uh, Their offensive line controlled the line of scrimmage all day long. The Raiders' pass rush, non-existent. Uh, Now look, rush and coverage go hand in hand. So if the DBs can't cover on the back end, you aren't giving the guys up front enough time to get to the quarterback. So not all of it is on the guys up front, you know. But all in all, a terrible day for the Raiders' defense. Now, John Gruden, after the game, he said, you know, injuries, they played a factor, which is true. You know, they lost Vontez Perfect in the first half uh, with an elbow injury. He did come back uh, in the second half, but he's the leader of that defense. You know, any snaps missed is going to hurt the Raiders' defense. And he's the only Raiders' middle linebacker. <clears throat> yeah. I remember when they put the roster out, I was like, excuse me? Who's the backup middle linebacker? We got one. What's up? Yo, Kabinda, we'll pay for you and your mama to come back to Oakland. What's up? <laughs> Anyways, I'm only partly joking. Uh, they lost Hankins for a bit. Uh, they lost Markel Lee for the game with an ankle injury. Uh, but this, you know, is the National Football League. If you're a good team, you should be able to plug in the next guy and move on. And not skip a beat. Maybe a little beat. You'll skip one or two beats, but the song's still going to flow. You know what I'm saying? Instead, the Raiders made Kirk Cousins believe that he's an elite quarterback. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't want to hate on Kirk, but let's just be honest. He's not, in my opinion, was not worth $84 million guaranteed, okay? But he needed that win. He needed to quiet the critics for a bit and get back some confidence, right? And now he's saying, thank you, Raiders. Y'all gave me some confidence. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. When you give Kirk Cousins time, he will make plays. When you get pressure on him, that's another story. But he had all the time in the world in that pocket today. And it also helps that he can just hand the ball off to Delvin Cook. So I'm done venting about the Raiders defense. So I'm just going to move on because we got a lot to talk about when it comes to the Raiders offense. Now, Derek Carr, he just seemed off. He was off target. He was sailing balls over his receivers, you know, overthrowing his receivers. He threw a costly interception in the first half. I don't know what the heck that was. That was all him. I can't make excuses for him there. Nope, 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 not going to do it. Because in week two against the Chiefs, those two picks he threw, he did have a good excuse. (laughs) We broke it all down in our last podcast. If you didn't hear it, go back. Okay. It was Ramsey and the Raiders. That's what uh, the title was called our last podcast. Um, But anyways, today, nah, I don't know what he was thinking. It was terrible. I have no idea who he was throwing to. Clearly the other team, clearly. (laughs) But um, it also seems like the offense is just not on the same page. 
you know, I, I think there's a lot of confusion. And that can't happen, you know? You were supposed to work all this stuff out at training camp in preseason. Not now. Not week three. Ain't nobody got time for that, okay? Uh, but he didn't look comfortable and confident. That's the one thing I did notice, you know? He did not look comfortable or confident. Um, obviously, a lot of that had to do with the pressure that the Vikings, you know, were bringing. But as a unit, they couldn't sustain drives. They've scored two touchdowns. Two touchdowns in the last seven quarters. That's nearly two games. I know you guys can do math, but just wanted to put an emphasis on that. Nearly two games. <laughs> They've only scored two touchdowns. It's not very good. It's not going to win you football games. It's also not going to have your fan base believing in you. It's just not. Now, let's face it. The Raiders, they just don't have the speed at receiver. They don't. You know, that went all out the window when Antonio Brown became a clown. <laughs> that rhymed. When Antonio Brown became a clown and got cut. That went out the window. Now, obviously, you're probably saying, shut up about Antonio Brown. You know, I get it. <sighs> well, that clown doesn't have a job anymore. But the circus is hiring, homie. Go check it out. Okay, that was rude. God forgive me. But we had optimism after the first game, right? So regardless, Antonio Brown's not there. Who cares, right? We had optimism after the first game. Went over the Broncos. Woo! Derek Carr looking comfortable, looking confident. Tyrell Williams, wide receiver one. Darren Waller, he's a baller. Ooh, another time I rhymed. Anyway, definitely not on purpose. And Josh Jacobs, you know, we were like, he's a problem. Um, yeah, we're going to be balanced on offense. You know, this is going to be an exciting season for the Oakland Raiders. I can't wait. Man, we were all a prisoner of the moment. We were all a prisoner of the moment. So, yeah, they were facing the Broncos, guys, who are now 0-3. So that doesn't say much. Now, I still think Williams, Waller, and Jacobs are all talented. No doubt. No doubt about it. But you saw what the Vikings did today. They made the offense one-dimensional. They were selling out to stop the run. That was their game plan. Stop Josh Jacobs, which, of course, they did. <laughs> what do you think the other teams are going to do? The other Look at what's up next, guys. You got the Colts, the Bears, the Packers, the Texans. These are four teams that are going to do the same thing. So it's not going to get any easier for the Raiders. So, Vikings, again, made the Raiders one-dimensional. Pass protection was not great. Carr was under pressure most of the game. He was sacked four times. Gruden, I don't know what is going on, uh, didn't dial up the deep ball for Carr. Or did he and then Carr audibled or checked down? I don't know. But it didn't look like there was a lot of, a lot of play action. I think the only shot that Carr took was on the flea flicker. The touchdown pass to J.J. Nelson. That was for 29 yards. Now, Darren Waller, he had a lot of catching runs, little short dump-offs, I think a couple screens, but a lot of catching runs that did rack up for, you know, I think his longest was maybe 30 yards, but there were no shots downfield. A lot of that also has to do with what? The Raiders don't have speedy receivers. Also, pass protection was not holding up, and he had to get rid of the ball because of pressure. So... You know, all this goes hand in hand, obviously, so you can't blame it on one person. I don't know what uh, John Gruden called, but Derek Carr sure the heck didn't take shots downfield. So I know that. Now, 
Got a couple questions, though, for Gruden and company. Why did Tyrell Williams only have three targets? Could someone answer that for me, please? How? How? He caught the ball three times on three targets. Someone tell me what the heck was going on there. His first target and first catch came at the end of the first half, right? Then the other two were in the second half, and one of them was a garbage time touchdown. You're welcome, fantasy owners. Saul really was good for, you know? He has three touchdowns in three straight games. Okay, that's great, but today really didn't count. Okay, it was a garbage time touchdown. Were there no plays designed specifically for him today? Because I find that very hard to believe. I'm just extremely confused. Um, when it comes to Tyrell, you have a 6'4 long receiver. You could just throw jump balls to, you know what I mean? Give him a chance. I was thinking to myself, you know, was he not getting separation? And, you know, you can't really see the the whole field. Um and I can't really go back until the All-22 comes out. And that's when I could actually go and break down some film. But when I was looking at number 16, a lot of the times he was blocking. And there were plays where I said, okay, I said, okay, they're going to go to Tyrell here. They have to go to Tyrell here. I was telling myself that. And then I'm like, well, hold on. Number 16 blocking? What in the heck? What is going on? Throw him a jump ball. He'll go up and grab it. You know what I mean? Just give him a chance. It's better than what we saw today. I'd rather see Carr take chances than not take chances at all and take sacks or throw the ball away. Obviously, you got to find a balance. you got to be smart, but he had nothing to lose today, for real. <laughs> when you're down as much as the Raiders were down, he ain't really got nothing to lose. Obviously, you want to stop the bleeding, not make it worse, but still, got to put points on the board. <sighs> Anyways, Tyrell Williams needs to see the ball every week. He needs double-digit targets every single game. So, no excuses. I don't want to hear excuses. I really don't. Now, the one positive is Darren Waller. Oh, yeah. He's the one positive. We knew Darren Waller was a baller because Carl Joseph told us at training camp that he was going to be the secret weapon. He was going to surprise a lot of people because, obviously, they saw him compete uh, day in and day out at training camp and just during the offseason program. So, he's proven that to be true. Now, Darren Waller, folks, needs to see at least 15 targets a game. Do you hear me? John Gruden, do you hear me? 15 targets a game, at least. Okay? Today, Waller, 13 catches for 134 yards on 14 targets. He's special. He's a wide receiver in a tight end's body, period. Utilize him. Utilize him early and often. You know, and hopefully it will open things up for some of the other guys. Because outside of Waller and Tyrell, it's really a crapshoot with the other wideouts, right? I'm surprised that uh, Renfro isn't getting more looks. J.J. Nelson, he made his Raiders debut today coming off an injury. And he had, what, four catches, I think, for 36 yards. Uh, and he caught that touchdown on the flea flicker. Uh, that was pretty cool. That was a good play. Um, so hopefully that's a positive sign. And J.J. Nelson will be... A threat and help this Raiders offense. All right, let's talk about the run game now. Josh Jacobs, he was sick this week. Uh, he said he lost 10 pounds. He posted that on Instagram, and there was obviously a bug going around. Um, a lot of people were sick on the team. That's still no excuse. John Gruden will not make that an excuse for today, at least I hope not. <laughs> that didn't have anything to do with Jacobs 
tough day. You know, it had everything to do with the Vikings game plan and the offensive line getting worked. You know, Jacob's production, it was cut in half. Uh, He rushed for 44 yards on 10 carries. But this is what I want to know. Dear John Gruden, what happened to using Jacobs as a pass catcher? I swear there was a lot of talk about this, you know, getting him involved in the passing game, lining him up in the slot. That's what you do with dynamic running backs, right? And Jacobs is clearly, he's proven, you know, one of those dynamic, versatile backs. I don't understand why he's not being used in the passing game. Now, of course, we have to talk about Derek Carr. I've made a lot of excuses for Derek Carr, and I'm still a believer in Derek Carr. Okay? You guys can crucify me if you want. You could at mention me if you want. Whatever. I know today, Raider Twitter, they went off. You know, I'm done with Carr. Because I got a ton of those in my comments, in my uh, mentions on Twitter. A lot of fans saying, so who's going to be our quarterback when we go to Las Vegas? Pump the brakes, yo. Okay, look. Carr wasn't great today. Okay, I can't make excuses for him because today he was terrible. And honestly, I wouldn't say he's terrible because he still had what I think like a 102 passer rating, something like that. I wouldn't say he was terrible. He wasn't great. Uh, That one interception was the most glaring, obviously, uh, and it really hurt the team, put them in a bad position. And they scored off of the interception, of course. So I can't make excuses for Carr. And at this point, you know, when you're an elite quarterback, right? It can't be about, oh, I don't have all these weapons. I mean, to a point, yes, right? But right now, that's not what it's about. Because great quarterbacks, they make everyone around them better. And we know the potential and the talent of some of these guys on offense, some of these skill positions. You know, Tom Brady, as we know, unfortunately, I know, guys, don't kill me for this. I don't like Tom Brady just like y'all don't like Tom Brady. But I can't hate, I can't hate on his game, okay? You can hate the player, don't hate the game. And this dude has six Super Bowl rings, okay? So I can't hate on him. But Tom Brady can plug in the Hunter Renfros of the world and make them all pro receivers. You know what I mean? Because when you're a great quarterback, you make everybody else around you better. Now, it does help, obviously, that Tom Brady has a genius head coach in Bill Belichick. Yes, that also has something to do with it. Yes, it does. Okay. And you can't compare John Gruden to Bill Belichick. But that's also why I say not all of the blame is on Derek Carr, just on one person. You know, a lot of it is John Gruden. A lot of it is John Gruden. It's not like he's happy he's losing. Clearly, he's freaking pissed off. I'd be pissed off. Second year back in your second stint, and it's going terribly. (laughs) Okay, you hadn't even played week one, and there was so much drama leading up to the season. Golly. And now you guys are one and two. (sighs) Anyways, I got off topic. I'm going to wrap this up. At some point, though, I definitely have to stop making excuses for Derek Carr, but I'm a DC believer, and I hope for his sake and the sake of Raider Nation that things start to turn around. So let me not be dramatic. Let's all come together. Big Raider Nation hug. It's just week three. Pump the brakes as Raiders fans. Yes, this is frustrating because it's the same song and dance. False hope every year. Ah, I get it. I want to scream with you. Don't worry. We're all in this together. (laughs) Okay. Part of me thinks that this franchise won't get turned around until we have a new owner or until Mark Davis admits he made a mistake by bringing John Gruden back. 
a $100 million mistake, which obviously is very hard to admit. <laughs> it's a hundred million dang dollars. Shoot, I hope they both prove me wrong. Then the other part of me says, girl, you better stop being dramatic. Rome wasn't built in a day. This is going to take time. This is only year two for Gruden. But as Raider fans, we have been waiting for a couple decades to get this thing turned around. And I feel like Raider Nation is running out of patience. I hope next week I'm going to eat my words and the Raiders are going to dominate the Colts. That's what I hope happens so we can have a positive podcast. Until then, this was Keeping It 300. Make sure you rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. I'm Fallon Smith, and I'm out.